episode 33. I'm your host, Greg Cunningham, and I'm going to try a little brainstorming here with you today. We'll have a conversation and see if we can talk about one of these areas that I've been thinking a lot about and um, struggling with a little bit, so something that I want to focus on, and maybe this will interest you as well. Now, to start off, I'm about to ask you to pause the podcast and think about something for just a bit. Now, if you're driving or anything else where you shouldn't be distracted, don't worry about pausing. I'll put a few seconds of silence in here. But what I want you to do is note your immediate answer to the question I'm about to ask. And if you're in a place to pause, think about why you gave that answer. Now, one of the keys here is to make sure that you don't do what a lot of us do, which is have that initial gut reaction, which is generally right, and then try and justify something different. So be honest with yourself on this one. All right, are you ready? First reaction. Are you thriving or surviving? All right, do you have your answer? Any ideas as to why your initial, re initial reaction was what it was? Now, right now, right now, boy, I went weird accent there. Right now, I will tell you that if I'm honest with myself, I'm much closer to surviving than to thriving. And that's okay at the moment, especially considering the last several months that I've had. I want to be clear going into this that I'm not saying you either thrive or die. That's not the case. There's a whole continuum between failing, surviving, and thriving. And most of the time, we fall somewhere in between all of these things. And while it's probably a topic for another day, I think you can actually be failing and thriving at the same time, if it's the right circumstances. So think about that experiment that fails, but gets you one step closer to knowing the right answer. Now, that being said, I do believe that we should all have the goal to be more thrive and less survive. And since I know that I'm not where I want to be, I thought we could take the next few minutes and just brainstorm out loud around this topic. Should we get started? Well, before I do that, just a reminder that on my YouTube channel, I'm trying to drop some daily shorts. They're either recaps of sections of this podcast or other thoughts that I've had, things like that. So I'm going to keep publishing them to YouTube. You can also follow me on LinkedIn or Instagram. I put the videos up on Instagram as well. Um, so, and then don't forget to subscribe, like, share, give a review of the podcast, all of that kind of stuff. Okay, enough promo. Now, why is this important? Well, this whole concept of surviving and thriving, I think it's important for us to know where we are. Am I in thrive? Am I in survive? Am I somewhere in between? Am I closer to one versus the other? And you need to know if you're about where you think you should be considering the circumstances. I mean, like if I think about myself right now, I'd love to be thriving, but I'm just not. I'm kind of somewhere in between, but I'm probably closer to survive but I'm working on getting back to Thrive. But that leads to the second point, which is you need to know if you need to make some changes to head more in the Thrive direction, and I know that I do. And then lastly, it just gives you a better understanding of how you're feeling in general, why you're feeling a certain way. You know, if I'm on the Thrive, I could have a lot of energy and be going and going and going. If I'm more on Survive mode, I might be more tired. This can just help you understand that. Now, another thing that you'll want to know this for is that as a leader, you might need to help others understand where they are, or at least be able to recognize if something has changed with them. 
This one actually seems to be a little bit easier than recognizing where you are yourself. I still have it burned in my memory when my wife helped me realize that I hadn't been thriving in my last regular job. I had been surviving, but not much more, and I didn't recognize it at the time, but she did. Now, a real quick story. Uh, many, many, many years ago when I was working at the bank, I had an a opportunity to manage a new direct report, and she was a high performer, had been doing an amazing job and moved into my organization to learn some new stuff. And um, it wasn't too long after where we realized that she wasn't, she just wasn't thriving the way she had been before. And sometimes it's hard to do this, but we sat down, we talked about it, we looked at it and realized that my management style and her work style, just they weren't compatible for her to be able to thrive. And so we made a change. We put her under a different manager and she went back to thriving. So that's fine. I mean, not everybody's going to get along with you no matter how good of a leader you are. So that's just one example where we were able to sit down and recognize that she wasn't thriving and do something about it. Now, the, other, the third area in this, why this is important, and I want to be careful with this one because I'm going to share some stories and share some information, and I, I want it to come across right. But we also need to be recognize this thrive versus survive so that we can help future generations have a shot at thriving. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that here in a bit. But the young kids growing up now, we've got to give them a shot to thrive, not just to survive in life. Now, what does it mean, survive versus thrive? Now, this is going to be different for each of us and could actually be different from one situation to another. It's also pretty common for one person to thrive in a particular situation, for someone else to just survive in that same situation, and yet a third person could completely fail. So it does change. I wanted to share a, a definition that I heard a long time ago um, when I was doing some, uh, learning some stuff and doing some church work. And um, at least in the U.S., this made sense. We were talking about employment and what it means to be properly employed. And basically the definition, the way I interpreted it was that you make enough money to meet your needs. You can have health insurance because that's super important here in the U.S. And at the same time, you don't work so much that family and other priorities like volunteering and serving in the community and church and those kinds of things get neglected. So, you know, this was really designed to say, look, if you're having to work three jobs, three 40-hour jobs a week, whatever the math is, right, three 40-hour jobs a week, then you're probably not properly employed. Yes, you may be making enough to, make, to meet your needs, but some of this other stuff may be neglected, like your family and your own health and self-care and some of those other things that we've talked about. So that was a definition of proper employment. And I think those things can be part of helping you thrive versus just survive. Because if you are working those three jobs all that time, you might be surviving, but you're probably not thriving. Now, the other thing here, you know, when I talk about knowing if the young kids in our lives are, are surviving, so what does that really mean? Uh, thriving versus surviving, what does that really mean? And so let me just kind of talk through some, my wife, started several years ago as an aide at elementary school here where we live. And she ended up working with kids that um, have special needs. They need special attention. A lot of time it's one-on-one -on -one work for whatever reason. And, um, you know, she's my wife, so I'm going to say this, but she's really good at getting through to these kids and, and helping them make progress. Almost every day, 
she comes home with a story that just reminds me of how important it is for us to set our kids or those kids we have influence over up to be successful, to thrive, not to just survive. And, you know, my disclaimer here is that this section may feel like I'm blaming parents, and that's not my intent. I know that in some of these situations, the parents or other guardians or adults in the lives of these kids are really doing the absolute best they can. They're in tough circumstances. And I wish that was always the case because then I think there'd be more options to work through and improve the situations, but it doesn't seem to be always the case. Sometimes there are things that could be done that are just not getting done. You know, some of the examples of this are the kids who um, she comes home and worries that, you know, tomorrow we don't have school. And so that means the kids won't get their free breakfast and their free lunch. And it's a Friday. And so she worries, are they even going to find a meal between, you know, Friday and Monday, you know, or, you know, whatever the case may be. So that's one example. Um, she always tells me that these kids, they just want to be hugged, right? It's really not part of the rules. You're not supposed to be doing that with the kids, but it's so hard when these kids run up and just throw their arms around her um, to do that. And then these kids tell these stories about homes, about, you know, economic things like maybe they don't have running water or, you know, maybe there's so many families and so many kids living in the same house that they don't get attention or, you know, they don't help me with my homework or, you know, whatever these stories are. And I don't want to try and go into too many details there, but they just have these stories that I think are horror stories that definitely says that they're not thriving at home. They're barely even surviving. And one of the impacts of this is that they are so far behind in their learning. I mean, you're talking about kids that are getting ready to leave elementary school and still are back at a kindergarten, first, second, third grade level. And so they're just going to keep getting further and further behind. And something as, as simple as reading, how important reading is to your education and being able to move forward. That's just one good example. If their parents aren't able or aren't willing to read with them at home how far behind they get. So we've got to be able to recognize what we can be doing to help kids thrive. Now, we can't solve all of these problems, but I think we can look at the kids that we have influence over and say, what can we do to set them up to be able to thrive as they go through life? And definitely that's one of the reasons why we have our grandkids here living with us is we want to make sure that they have every opportunity to be set up for success, to be able to thrive in life. All right, like I said, just as a disclaimer there, I'm not trying to say this is a particular person's fault or anything like that, but it's a tough situation. And it's one of the reasons why I think we need to get better as leaders. And hopefully this younger generation of leaders get really good at recognizing when people, and especially little kids, have a chance to thrive or if they're just barely surviving. Now, just a few more examples and thoughts. I've mentioned before that I spent two years living in Brazil, and I saw plenty of examples of both extremes while I was there. Now, I spent the full two years in the Northeast, and most of that in the interior, so not on the coast. And in Brazil at the time, what that meant is that the majority of the people I interact with would not be considered thriving, at least from an economic standpoint, if we compare them to U.S. standards of living. But I was generally not on the coast where all of the industry and stuff is and the big cities. I was more in the interior, the smaller towns and things like that. But what I found is that economic uh, prosperity is not the only indicator. So it's just not that simple. I saw families that had very little 
in terms of finances, but were thriving because they had found meaning in their lives. These families could have dirt floors. I saw homes that got their electricity by throwing a wire up over the power lines. Wouldn't happen here, I would hope, but you never know. But they were happy and didn't feel like they wanted forever anything. Now, a little bit of an aside here. One of the reasons maybe is that they always had a nice TV. It seemed like every home had a nice TV. It might sound like a joke, but trust me, they had a TV because they had to watch their football, their soccer. And if you are here in the U.S., I don't think you understand the passion that Brazilians have for their national, fo- their national football soccer team and their local teams as well. And for the most part, I'm joking about the TV making them thrive, but that was definitely something that helped them. It was just a little thing that they could do. Now, the majority of the families I interacted with didn't struggle that much financially. They would have a home, but maybe multiple generations live there. A good salary at the time was the equivalent of 100 US dollars per month. And with that, they could put food on the table and clothes on their backs, pay the bus fare, and then focus on family and faith and whatever else was important to them. They just didn't have a lot of extras. And that was fine because it was a combination of all of these things that looking back, I realized that really helped them to thrive. They were super happy, right? I mean, they did also didn't know some of the things that we value right here in the U.S., that you got to have money, you got to be able to do these things, you got to be able to go on big vacations or buy these things, or whatever the case may be, that just wasn't them. And they could thrive. And that's a really good reminder to me that financial success isn't the only way to know if someone is thriving. In fact, if you go back to my early episodes on happiness, you'll note that I brought up the question of how many rich or famous people do you know of that are absolutely miserable? A lot. I mean, you can see their personal lives played out in the media. Then like these families in Brazil, how many people do you know of that seem to barely get by financially? but couldn't be happier. And that brings me to the idea of figuring out where we are or where others might be on this spectrum. If I go back to that story about the person that came to work for me at the bank and then we had to move her somewhere else so that she could thrive again, you can generally tell when someone you are close to has come to a standstill or lost that spark, right? Or they just don't seem to be making progress. And this goes for people that you lead, family members, and even our little kids, right? We can just see that something happens when they aren't thriving. So maybe it's hard to put your finger on exactly what it is, but I think we know it when we see it to a certain extent. Now for us or for others, there are a few questions that we can ask to start the evaluation. And one of them leads back to happiness. You know, I mentioned these families in Brazil that didn't have a whole lot that were super happy. First question, where am I, or the others, on the happiness scale, right? Am I generally a happy person, or am I always gloomy and sad? And again, I've talked about this many, many, many times, this disclaimer. I don't want to talk about um, these mental health issues where you need professional health because I'm not qualified to deal with that kind of stuff. But putting that aside, just in general, where am I or others on the happiness scale? Do you have a kid that's super, super happy all the time, and then all of a sudden they've been put into a new environment, and they just, they've lost their spark. Same thing goes for those that you lead. Second question, am I, or they, moving forward towards their goals and their potential? Or are they wandering aimlessly? You know, if I think about 
what I want to accomplish in life, if I think about that over the last several months with everything we've had going on, I haven't made a whole lot of progress moving forward towards some of those goals that I want. And I have to decide if I'm okay with that, if that makes sense, because I'm just surviving. I'm not going backwards, but I'm getting by, but I'm not moving towards those goals. And based on the circumstances, is that okay? Yes or no? And for me, I've decided yes, at least for right now it is. And then when do I need to move forward? And we'll talk about that here in just a second. So, and then maybe there are some other questions that you can ask, right? Have I lost drive or have they lost drive? Have I, is it, you know, why is this happening? What's changed? Those are some of the questions that you can ask to start this evaluation to figure it out, right? Then one of the things that I want to emphasize, and this goes back to the question I asked you at the very beginning, is that we need to get better about trusting our gut for ourselves if we can be honest, do an honest evaluation and not just try and justify it to something else. And for those that we're close to, right? If I think about my kids or a parent and their kids that they're close to, or, you know, I've been working with somebody for a long time, um, my gut instinct generally will tell me if they have, if something has happened, right? To where they've moved slid down the scale more towards survive and not thriving as much. That same thing goes for ourselves if we'll listen to it. Now, I didn't do a very good job of listening to it at my last real job. I was just focused on whatever I was focused on. So I needed somebody else to point that out to me, and it only happened after I got laid off. But trust your gut. It's probably more accurate than you think, unless you're really going to go in and try and justify and reason things away. Now. If we've done this evaluation and we've figured out where we or somebody else is, what do we do with this? And it's something that we have to figure out based on our own particular situations or the situations those, for those that we lead. But we do need to figure out. We need to figure out where we are and then do something with that. When it comes to those we lead, sometimes we have to decide for them, right? Or give them a better opportunity to decide. I mean, sometimes people are just going to insist, no, I'm a manager, I'm a leader, I'm going to do this, I'm going to make this work, and they're just not thriving in that. They would be much better off going back to being an individual contributor, and that's sometimes a decision that you have to make. If I think about our kids, right, I want to go in and I want to do X, Y, and Z, and it's going to make me happy, and I'm, it's all what I want, and then they get into it, and they keep telling themselves that but you can see that it's having a negative impact on them. So sometimes we have, to, we have to be that outside voice, just like my wife had to be the one to tell me, you weren't doing so well, right? Now, think about the concept of putting those that you work with or even your kids in the place where thriving is much more likely, putting them in the place of most potential. And this has probably come up hundreds of times in, in my life, deciding where to live based on what is best for our kids. Um, letting people go at work when they weren't going to make it, right? I mean, just saying, I'm sorry, but you're not going to make it. You're going to need to go find success elsewhere. That's the phrase that I used to use. And people didn't really understand what I meant by that. But it really was about saying, you're not going to be successful here for whatever reason. Let's help you go find success somewhere else. And then the last one that comes up more often than anything else is being able to have difficult personal or professional conversations. These are conversations that are designed to make things better, right? Or to help somebody get into a place of, of more potential. 
So that's for others. The, then for us, you know, once we identify where we are on this scale, what do we do with this? Now, number one, you've got to be honest with yourself. I've been talking about this the whole time. Am I thriving or surviving? Now, if you're honest and you say, I'm just surviving, then the next question I would do is, does that make sense given the circumstances? Talked about this with everything I've had of late. Yes, it did make sense for me to survive, but now I'm coming out of this and I'm starting to feel like, okay, it's time for me to start building back up to the thrive point. So does it make sense giving the circumstances? If yes, when should I start moving back towards thrive and how will I do that? Well, that's what I'm working on right now. If it doesn't make sense, if the answer is no, it doesn't make sense given the circumstances, then we're right into course corrections. Okay, what course corrections do I need to make in order to start moving back towards Thrive? Okay. So if you're just surviving, first and foremost, does it make sense given the circumstances? Second question there, if you're just surviving, have I lost sight of my goals? Right? Did I forget what I was focused on and I got distracted? Then follow that up with, have my goals changed and I just didn't realize it? I'm going through this with one of my sons as he's trying to figure out what the next step is in his life and trying to figure out, have his goals stayed the same? Has, have they changed? And then how does he pursue whatever path is appropriate for him? It's not easy. It requires a lot of thought and a lot of work and a little bit of risk-taking too, especially if you're going to try some course corrections. And then the last question I would say, if you're just surviving, is do I have the right kind of meaning in my life? Right? Have I defined myself by my ability to earn money? Maybe not the best thing. I talked about that very early on. Have I defined myself by something else that's not the best? Or have I lost sight of helping others, which as a leader is the most important thing that you can do? And if you have, if you've feel like you've lost some of that meaning in your life or the things that you're doing aren't bringing in that meaning, then again, you're back to course correction. So those are all the things that if you're just surviving. Now, if you're thriving, you still want to ask yourself a couple of questions. First, why am I thriving? What is making me thrive? How do I know that I'm thriving? The real reason you want to identify all of this is so that you can replicate it, right? I mean, we all want to get into that thrive mode as much as possible. So what am I doing now that's making me thrive? And then if I can identify that and be deliberate about it, then I can replicate that or apply it to future situa situations in my life. Okay? Number one, why? Second one, how am I going to maintain this momentum? How am I going to stay closer to thrive and not slide back to survive unless circumstances come up that tell me that I, it's okay to slide back to survive? What might cause me to slide back towards the survive end of the spectrum. You want to identify that. Okay, I'm doing really, really well right now, but these are some things that could come up that could cause me to go backwards. And can I prepare for those? Now, you may not be able to prepare for everything, even though sometimes my brain tells me I should, but that's okay. At least you know what could cause you to slide backwards. And then, am I prepared for those tougher times? You know, I know that if I'm thriving, I got this new position, I've got all this energy and it's going really, really well and we're starting to make progress on this project and there are gonna be some tough things that come up and am I ready for those, right? Do I have mitigation plans in place or have I stored up enough energy to be able to drive through some of those tougher times? And if you wanna think about tougher times, go back to the last two or three episodes that I've shared tons of things about when things get tough. 
Okay. If we're honest with ourselves, we go through and answer those questions, then really it's up to us to, again, be deliberate and decide on a course of action. Whether that course of action is to help us continue to thrive, or that course of action is to help us to move from survive towards the thrive end of the spectrum. And that's what I'm trying to figure out for me right now, right? I've, I'm, I'm done enough surviving and I, I had my little, I actually did have this. I had this little time where I thought, I can't take on anything else. I'm just gonna barely do enough. And I did that and I talked to a few people about that for a couple of days and everybody was very, very supportive considering everything that's been going on. But I came out of the weekend after I did that and thought, no, I'm ready to start going. And so I talked last week. One of the things I'm working on right now is rebuilding my capacity to go at a higher speed. I don't know what full speed is going to look like for me coming out of all of this, but I want to rebuild my capacity to, to go at that higher speed. And this applies physically. I've been sick for a few weeks. So I haven't worked out nearly as much. And so I'm starting to rebuild back up my fitness. I got to have a plan and execute on that. Can't do it all at once. And the same thing goes for my ability to go at a faster speed when it comes to life, profession, family, all of those kinds of things. So that's what I'm working on right now. So you got to decide on what your course of action is going to be. And you've got to have the courage to, one, maybe ask others for help, right? I need to figure this out. And then I need to share with my wife or anybody else that can help me on this and say, this is where I could use your help. You know, don't let me fall back into the pity party. You know, let me rebuild my energy, but, you know, kind of help me to continue to move forward. I don't know exactly what that's going to look like for me. The second one is to make the changes needed. Don't stay back in the complacency that you may have gotten into if you're just surviving, because sometimes surviving means I just get comfortable and complacent and I forget that, okay, now it's time to move on. But be willing to make the changes that are needed. And then move forward without letting the past drag you down. Whatever it is that you've gone through, whatever you had to go back into survival mode for, and now you're ready to get out of it, don't let that hold you back. Move forward and don't let it drag you down. So again, decide on a course of action. Ask for others for help if you need it. Have the courage to make the changes that you need. And then move forward without letting the past drag you down. So these are a few thoughts, ideas, and examples I have around thriving versus surviving. I think the biggest message I'd like to make sure we all hear again is that while financial stability or prosperity can be a big contributor to us thriving, it's not the only factor. What you have to figure out is what combination of factors in your life will allow you to thrive. And that's going to be different from mine and the life of anyone else. But I believe that we owe it to ourselves to know if we're thriving and to want to do more than just survive. I think we also owe that to all those we lead, especially these younger generations that we have an opportunity to shape and influence and set up for the opportunity to thrive. So we need to recognize where we and others we can influence are on this survive to thrive scale. And then we need to do something about it, whether that be for ourselves or help set somebody else to thrive, set somebody else up to thrive instead of just to survive. Well, that's it for today. Don't forget to do all the things. Check out the YouTube channel if you want the short video clips on all of this. I hope you found this helpful. My challenge to you for this week, you know, I always end with this little bit of a challenge to go out and lift somebody, for example. But my challenge for this week is for you to pay attention to those around you. Could be you or maybe some little kids or anybody else. And ask yourself if you are helping yourself or them have an opportunity to thrive. 
and then do something, no matter how small, to help someone, even if it's you or somebody else close to you, take that first step to move back towards the thrive end of the spectrum. Thanks for listening, and I hope you have a wonderful day. Thank you.